Now tuning in to Earbud Media, audio for everyone. just have better intros when other people aren't around because <laughs> we're not just like posturing for someone else <laughs> yeah it's just us being like all right crack open a cold one sit back oh. relax open a popsicle crack open our knuckles <laughs> crack them open <laughs> crack open our knuckles like they're glow sticks and just let it all hang out Allie, stop <laughs> All the way to past. It's past. It's done. It's, we can't. What? Do your knuckles not? <laughs> Just turn Wait, hold on. <laughs> My bones are black light activated. It's horrible. It's horrible. Well, we can put the calendar back to zero days. Judge <laughs> by Allie's body. Oh, it's a fun little it's... gag we have here. <laughs> I just. At this point, now that you've made it a thing, <laughs> I just have to bring up constant body nonsense. Right, sure. And well, lucky for us, you are just full of them. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Into the Twilight, where it is constant body horror and queer realness. Okay. <laughs> I don't know where that part came no, from, I... but I mean, it's, that's, hey. I guess, true. Yeah, so. yes. Are you uh, still on island time right now? Can you give me an update? I am. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, hi. Um, it's like 30 degrees out. Um, but And I am literally under four blankets right now, two of which are like legitimate comforters. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> because I am a cold-blooded human with circulation problems, but I am eating a popsicle right now. <laughs> That Alice started 40 minutes ago. (laughs) Yeah, that I started literally 20 minutes ago because I'm a multifaceted human being. So, um, it's going great. Yeah. Yeah, fucking Tommy Bahama over here. Summer, baby. We're going to Kokomo, baby. Are you kidding me? Come on. I'm wearing a sun hat and I'm on island time. Yep. Can you imagine if I was wearing a sun hat, had sunglasses on, just like... Living my dreams over uh, here. The worst part is I absolutely fully could. <laughs> <laughs> Reporting live from yeah. Island Time. <laughs> yeah, every time we record, I just imagine you do like the Guy Fieri thing where he has like the sunglasses on the back of his head. <laughs> That's pretty accurate, actually. Great. I'm glad I, I nailed that. <laughs> Cody, how the fuck are you doing? I'm doing all right, man. Things have chilled out a little bit. In That's the good last to hear. Few weeks, Chicago's sort of back to normal. Whoa, which is great for me personally. Well, don't say that too loud. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I hope no one's recording this. Uh, yeah, shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> they can't hear me. But yeah, it's been it's been great. I've been catching up on BoJack Horseman, really getting to my seasonal depression. You know how it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just the most cheerful of shows. You know how it is, baby. The sun sets at four, and I get sad. <laughs> Nighttime starts at 2 p.m. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> I'm depressed. <laughs> Love going home from work, and it's midnight. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> it's a ner- it's a terrible, terrible place we live in. I hate. <sighs> True. Oh my god. Speaking of which, um, I <laughs> speaking of depression. Welcome to Anthony Twilight. Um, I, that segue could be applied to every episode, every conversation you ever had on this podcast. Honestly. I introduced my kids to mood trackers today because today is stress awareness day, Uh aka every day of my life. (laughs) Right. Um, And so I introduced them to mood trackers. And so we were filling out our little like color key and I was showing my kids on the dock camera my example. And one of my kids, the smart ass, was like, hey, Miss Johnson, on yours, I noticed that it doesn't say happy anywhere. And he looked at me and he's like, is that, is there, and I was like, Jeremy, <laughs> don't talk so loud. <laughs> I was like, Jeremy, it's called depression. Please don't. I can't Please do this shut with the, you right now. Please shut the fuck up. Uh, <laughs> and one of the kids next to him who also can relate was just like, did the, I don't, there's a vine of it where the girl, like, tries to laugh, but she, like, wheezes. She's, like, I don't know, she, like, <gasps> like does that as a laugh, and I was, like, same. Yeah. So, I just felt personally attacked by one of my kids today. I'm going to start a YouTube channel about it. That's, um, great. Yes, thank you. And then we did a circle today where we were talking, and one of my kids attacked me and called me a boomer. <laughs> And I'm never going to school again. And I had to, like, I was like, first of all, we don't attack each other here. Second of all, I'm on the cusp of being a Gen Z, so please don't ever call me that again. I am almost you. I am almost your age. I'm aggressively a millennial. Please don't ever call me that again. Yeah, I'm I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. It, I was like, first of all, it's a great joke. I get it, right. but don't ever call me that again. <laughs> yeah. That's not for me, okay? That's not funny. <laughs> I use that joke to other people. I retweeted that joke yesterday, okay? It's not funny. <laughs> Whoa, what if this is what? how you turn the tables? You just start calling your kids boomers. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. I don't think they'll know how to react. They'll just be like, what, what do you mean? I... Oh, no. (laughs) The problem is, and here's the fucked up thing, Cody. They're just saying it to each other as like a put down. Some of my kids today literally didn't even know that it was referencing baby boomers. Well, oh, boy. (laughs) And I was like, they were like, what's a boomer? And I was like, Jesus Christ. (laughs) Ryan, it's a a baby boom. I was like, if you're gonna use the joke, right. know what it's know what the dunk means. Yeah. If you take anything Ryan. away from my class. <laughs> if you take anything away from this social studies class, <laughs> Ryan, know what a baby boomer is. Welcome to Allie's Comedy Central Roast. Today we're gonna <laughs> learn how to effectively use boomer. It's just me like voguing while teaching. 
<laughs> like what a baby boomer is. Now, Ryan, go forth, dunk on the olds with your knowledge of what a baby boomer is. Yeah, you've passed with flying color. <laughs> they they have created this climate change, Ryan. Now use this effectively. Go, God. That's great. It's like, don't you ever? Yeah, how dare you? I'm also living in this world that they create. Like, don't. Yeah, come on. It's like, I am 10 years older than you. Don't even. <laughs> Anyways. Um, it's like, you weren't even alive. You weren't even alive when Twilight was bo- created. Was born. born. You weren't even alive when <laughs> Twilight was born. Myers. <laughs> Gentle bosom. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Anyways, we have some important current events to get to today. Fuck yeah, we do. There's so, there's so much to get to today. I just, important island time update. It's been 33 minutes. I just finished my popsicle. (laughs) Congratulations. Thank you. Round of applause. Um, We have a very important corner today. Do you have your music? I, thank you, first of of all. (laughs) Thank you. I do accept tips. Um... It's been, (laughs) you just busking on the street. (laughs) Yeah, with my fucking tiny robot. (laughs) (laughs) Just, can you, wait, hold on. Can you play Make Me a Robot on that? And just, like, get Tessa's, (laughs) get Tessa's attention? Just IP, yeah. Listen, (laughs) um, there's not a lot of, like, tabs for the stylophone as there are for, I don't know, guitars or, like, piano even. There's, like, ten songs (laughs) that people know how to play on this. And the rest are just kind of figured out, and I'm... Uh, illiterate, so I just kind of do that. So here we go. Sure. That sounds like a short circuit. That's dangerous. Uh, there the- we go. Beautiful. <laughs> Does it have a name? Uh, no. Oh. I mean, would you like to name it? Well, I didn't birth it, so I don't... <laughs> I didn't either. <laughs> I think yeah, David Bowie like- did that. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, but I don't home it, so... You can name it. I don't name my things, but if you want it to have a name, you can name it. Okay. Well, all I see right now is Timothy Chalamet's wig <laughs> on my screen, so... Um, I don't know. Yeah, we'll circle back. I'll come back. I'll come back to it. Uh, I'll come back to it when I have something funny to say. Yeah. Um, the first thing that we have today is a very important corner... Could you start us off today on things that make me emo? Yes. That should be the name of this corner, but it's not. So, <laughs> Welcome to the, the marriage corner, also known as the things that make Allie emo corner. True. Um, we got a two-folded marriage week uh, this week, uh, which was very jarring and delightful. Let's start with the most emo one, uh, which is from Elle, and basically said, Case 2 said that uh, she would have married Robert Pattinson during that time when they were dating, saying, that was my first love. I'm crying in the club right now. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. And this is all from this very... I want to listen to this whole Howard Stern interview, because it seems great. Hmm. I'll just read the transcript. <laughs> no, okay, fine. But she, she dishes on all of these things. And most importantly, and the thing that was very much circulating on the Twitter sphere, um, was that she's just like, yeah, I'm 
in love with my girlfriend and I want I'm so stoked to propose to her and I just like I have such a cool idea and I want to just like do it and I'm in love with her and I've been in love with her since we like first <laughs> met and it was I was just like watching it like oh my god <laughs> I'm it's so pure it's uh... Can you imagine, okay, first of all, it doesn't surprise me, right? Because, like, fire sign energy. Listen. Right? So, like, it doesn't surprise me to, like, know that there's that much passion happening there, right? Yeah. So, I get it. But also, there's, it's just baffling to me to imagine that much like passion coming from case do all at once like that much like aries energy yeah just like oh god (laughs) like yeah just an aries all of a sudden being like first first time meeting being like i love you i want to marry you and it's just like okay what (laughs) yeah Yeah. so very like open in this this whole thing it's great and very delightful and she's so cute. Yeah, and this, in love. this is this is the like this is all like press junket stuff, right? Yeah, yes. Like she's on the like tour and yeah. stuff. Yeah. Ah, she's okay. On that prime Charlie's Angels tour, my dude. Cause I got an ad recently from Pinterest. Uh huh. From them, um, for like the Charlie's Angel stuff, yeah, where it was like Elizabeth Banks talking about how they quote unquote like searched Pinterest for all the places that they wanted to look at, um, <sighs> while they were doing like spy movie stuff, right. and yeah. I was like, yeah, Elizabeth Banks, sure you did. Um, Listen, when you're making a spy movie about ladies. What's yeah. the first place you're gonna turn to to get your locations? Pinterest, baby, come on. I mean, obviously it's gonna be Pinterest. Feminism. Where else would you go for the looks? Come on. Where else would you go? I gotta put all my mood boards together. Yeah. I gotta of put my high heels with my guns and weaponry. It's a motif, it's just... baby. Ugh, God. Can you imagine the pitch that Elizabeth Banks did with just, like, physical mood boards rather than just, like, a digital Prezi or whatever the fuck? (laughs) Just, like, ah, okay, bye. No, thanks. Kill me instead. Apparently, when I meant we have a lot of news, I meant that we have a lot of case 2 news this week, which is, I meant, that's what I meant, basically. Fuck Robert, he's had, like, three full weeks of press weeks. Well, we do have some Batman news, but we have a lot of Case 2 news. Yeah. So, next thing is we have to talk about Case 2 on SNL. We do. So, when we spoke last, I was very confident, one, that there was going to be a Totino's 2. Yeah. And second, I was very confident that there was going to be a Case 2 Dakota Johnson picture. Yeah. That would come out. Right. I was wrong on both. So... But here's the thing. We don't know that they didn't, we don't know that they didn't film a Totino's 2 and it just didn't make it to the final. Uh-huh. <laughs> and we don't know that there isn't. It was too hot for print. It was too sexy. Yeah. And we don't know that they isn't a Dakota Johnson case you photo that they just didn't post. It's true. Fucking Kristen gave Chris Martin a 
big old hug at the end of that. A so big old he, hug. Maybe he just leaned in and was like, I fucked your girlfriend. So. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> what a power move. Yeah. You just watched SNL before we started recording, yes? I did, yes. Okay. Hot off so the you have you have hot off the press thoughts. Can yeah. you tell me your hot thoughts? Um, I think listen, this is the first time I've watched an episode of SNL in maybe a year. Mm-hmm. And before that it was probably several years. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I'm not very well versed in the SNL situation as of late. But I think it was very fun. I liked it. The sketches, for the most part, made me laugh. Case was hot and mm-hmm. could play, and was just like uncomfortable, but in like a way that she was having fun. So you're just like, oh, she's it's okay. She's gonna be okay. It was an interesting one. We I've watched the past couple episodes mm-hmm. of this season, and they've been quite good. Yeah, they've also had comedy people on the right. past couple ones. And so I think that that's aided to the strength of the past couple episodes because right. people have been kind of like down to clown. Mm-hmm. Whereas for this one, it's very clear that Casey's gotten more comfortable since last time. Yeah, for sure. But also it's clear that like she doesn't, she's not like writing her own stuff. Right. To me and Chris, when we were watching it, it, it came off as like, these are the things that they saved for, like, anyone. Right. And they were like, oh, cool, Casey's on this week. We'll use these ones. Yeah, a lot of them felt not specific to her and yes. her persona at all. Like, right. she, they just kept putting her in, like, very straight, <laughs> like, docile. Like, that the paint one, which was funny, but it was just, like, a weird role for her to just be in this weird, like, brown wig and this dress. Like, it just felt very strange. Yeah, they were... They were pretty wild. Yeah, they felt very, like, blanket sketches that could have yeah. been anyone, like you said. Um, but I think the Office one was very funny. The, like, yes. pop-punk capitalism. The Haley Williams. The yeah, Haley Williams-inspired yeah. wig. That was very good. I liked the Duolingo one The Duolingo for kids is very good. The, um, I liked the Hungry Jury one. <laughs> Of mainly like the end well yeah, mainly like listen, the end of it was good right if you don't know how to end a sketch and you're just like well let's just do genuine <laughs> out of burps that's comedy that's great are you kidding me yeah that was very good anytime bone yang was on screen i'm like yes yeah they this i felt this way about the whole season yeah but there's been a extreme lack of bone yang yeah yeah, the one he was in the most was the one that was cut for Webb. And I was like, God damn it. Right. The proposition one was interesting. <sighs> I did not enjoy it. I agree. It felt like it felt just like a bunch of straight dudes who don't know anything about anything. We're just writing like, well, what do how do people initiate threesomes? Yes. And also forego all of that. And just have someone be kind of standing there awkwardly while, like, a couple is there eating food from another restaurant inside of a club. It was just, like, there were so many things going on. And none of them were quite funny. But Bonyang in Leather Gear at the end of it was very good. So... Yes. 
I also found it interesting in that sketch that they, one, said pansexual mm-hmm. in a sketch, and I was like, oh, dope, cool. Right. Um, but they didn't say, like, make it explicit that Casey's character was, like, I don't know, interested. Well, they made it explicit that her character was, like, interested in, like, hooking up for a threesome. Right. But, like... They, I don't know, that whole situation, it was not clear, like, what people's boundaries were. I don't know. Oh, yeah, it was, was just, confused. like, very uncomfortable. Yes. And made it feel like it was just, like, a weird thing to do in general. And, like, yes. the mood was weird. The, the It was all eh, weird. Yeah, I agree. But that was um, a great case to fit. Probably the best one of the, the episode. Yeah, I agree. Um, the Roasted of the Riveter one was also interesting. Yes, that was great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, I, overall, it was, again, they felt very, like, Kisu will be fine in these, but whatever. Um, the monologue, I'd say, was probably, I, I don't know, it's hard to top the one that she had, was it two years ago? Yeah. Um, but I thought it was funny that, this one, she was like, no, how are you, like, really doing? Right. Yeah, that was great. It's like, no, are, are you okay? Are you? Listen, the Maybe guy who really... said, what do you want from me, Kristen Stewart, is the yeah. man in the whole world. Are you kidding me? Yeah, I personally relate to that guy who was like, what the hell do you want from me? Because <laughs> that's, um, yeah. I never related to anything more. Yeah. But other than okay. that, it was great. I skipped Coldplay and I skipped Weekend Updates, but I'm sure they were great, maybe. Um, the So I watched Coldplay because I, uh, I like Coldplay or whatever. Um, the first one was terrifying. It gave off Colty vibes. <laughs> I love um, that. Because they, Coldplay did something cool where they did kind of like the monologue thing where uh, Chris Martin like went from behind the stage and then moved all the way to the stage. Um, or, like, he moved from behind the studio and, like, came to the stage, which was cool, except for there were a whole bunch of dancers in the front uh, seats, and they started doing weird gyration things. Great. Kind of like youth pastor dance vibes. It was kind of creepy. And then... The second one, it was very, it was creepy. Yeah. And then the second one was fine. It was, like, very old school Coldplay where they were just on the stage, Chris Martin on a piano, singing soft, sad Starbucks vibes. Yeah. Great. Which is, again, fine. Okay. Um, last couple things are Batman news. Pew, 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 pew. Batman news are, we have two more pretty boys. Just some to, gorgeous lads. I'm physically stressed about this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's coming I, for uh, our fucking necks. <laughs> I if this all ends up being like hundred percent confirmed, I am going to need to take a volume before this movie. Like I don't know what I need, but I'm going to need something. Yeah. So, as of yesterday, November 5th, Colin Farrell is in talks to play the Penguin. Uh, I will literally never forget his accent in, uh, 
Widows? Uh-huh. Was oh, it? Oh, God. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. He's gonna do it, too. He has to. I know he has. <laughs> no. Ah! I, I loved... I loved oh, and I hated it God, so much. <laughs> but I'll need him to do it. Yeah. Oh no. So that's a thing. Yeah. Um the penguin it's historically a way- from Chicago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I will say a much hotter penguin than I was expecting. Mm-hmm. But I I don't hate it at all. Because no, uh Colin Farrell, um he's a... He's, mm. Yeah. Like fine wine, that man. Come on. The lobster? Are you kidding me? Come on. Stop. Huh. Stop it. Uh, and then you stop Andy. It. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, and then. <laughs> and then Andy Circus uh-huh. is supposedly in talks to play Alfred. Okay. Alfred Pennywise? Yeah. Is that it? Okay, great. Uh, <laughs> Alfred ate the clown. <laughs> <laughs> and again, a much hotter take on Alfred. Sorry. <laughs> what? <laughs> when I think about like Alfred of yore, no, stop. No. You're judging me. You're judging me already. No, I. I respect your taste. Andy Circus, though. <laughs> All I'm saying is that, like, when I think about Alfreds of yore, yeah. they're always like yeah. bald, yeah. and they always have that like whiny voice. Yeah. And all I'm saying is that I, when I think about like Alfreds in the past couple Batman movies, sure. they're starting to get like progressively hotter. Okay. All right. That's fair. I'm not saying, like, I'm not saying he's, like, Nosferatu. Stop. <laughs> I'm just saying he can get it. Okay. A little. <laughs> just a little. <laughs> he's got that, like, Michael Sheen sheen to it, you know? <laughs> he's got that sheen sheen. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's okay. all I'm saying. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. I'm just saying in, like, a couple versions, yeah. <laughs> there's something. We're just going to get a fucking ripped hot Alfred beyond all In means. a couple versions, it could be Colin Farrell playing Alfred. You know what I mean? Wow. Yeah. Who's to, you know, who's to say? I just say, I'm no, just saying. No, that's great. It's great. You laugh I, and you judge, <laughs> but you don't know. I I am willing to be wrong and I'm willing to forgive, okay? All I'm saying, okay, side note, <laughs> side note, I started watching Catfish for the first time. Oh, that's so important to me. And Max? Yeah. Could get it. Oh, yeah. That silver fox of a man. Yeah. Oh, I love that you're just five years behind culture at any given time. Because <laughs> we were having this discourse in, in like 2014 and people thought we were crazy. Oh. And now it's cool. But yeah, he's hot. He's hot as hell. He is. Yeah. Fuck, he can is. that be our patron episode? <laughs> just talk about catfish. I would, I would love, I would love to talk about catfish Great. with you. 
Thank you. Oh, god damn. Yeah. It's a great also, show. I went this whole time thinking his name was Nev. Yeah. <laughs> and he said his name was Neve, and I was like, I respect you, but I think you pronounce your name wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I think this is your fault. <laughs> I think I think you say your name wrong. I think you did a whoopsie. <laughs> Anyways, I would love to talk about that on a, a bonus Jonas with you. Hell yeah, dude. We have a listener question. Hell yeah, we do. <sighs> if you could change one, I know, only one thing about the series, what would it be? Their condition here is it can be a major plot point or a minor detail. And I think I know what you're going to say, but I want to hear you say it anyway. Uh, kill Joe. <laughs> <laughs> That seems too, that seems like a cop-out. I was going to say more Blythe, but. Oh, duh, of course. Yes, more Blythe. <laughs> For sure, more Blythe. Absolutely. You're so short-sighted. I know. I'm just, you coward. <laughs> yeah, I need to really galaxy brain this whole situation. Because, like, listen, the problem here, if we get rid of Joe, is that the book would be also very boring <laughs> without him. True. It's still boring, but there would be, there's no one else interesting after him to fill in that gap. But my girl Blythe, if she just overpowers the situation and she just is that main bitch, I'm here. I'm into it. Yes. And I think that Blythe would figure it out, too. Sure. If she was in the situation more. Sure. So, I think, I think butterfly effect. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Galaxy brain. Yeah. If there's more Blythe in a, not as like a tertiary character hey that's a weird word Uh um (laughs) hey just think about that for a second uh (laughs) chew on that one huh (laughs) but even as like a bring her a little bit closer into the circle she would start to figure shit out more so that's that's what i think that's what i think that's what i think that's what i think okay okay Uh, I'll just let you all peek into the curtain really quick. I was super excited. I woke up this morning, sleep deprived, but alert. And I was like, today's the day, folks. Today's, oh my, I just scared the shit out of my cat. Uh, I was like, today's the day. We are done. This book is over. It's been months, but we're finally done. And... I was like, all right, just going to push through. And then I got through my two chapters on Audible. And I was like, wait a second. I've got like four more chapters. What the fuck? And I was like, ah, it'll be fine. (laughs) And then I was like, wait, we've literally never just pushed through like six chapters before. Yeah. Um, And then I realized we are not finishing the book today. We are finishing the book next week. And. So, I'm bad at math. I don't teach math, so hop off my asshole <laughs> for two seconds, okay? Um, so, we're reading chapters 49 and 50, and we're finishing the book next week, okay? Hell yeah. For real this time, though. For real. No for jokes real this about time. it. No jokes. Jokes can leave next week. We're just finishing the book. And plot twist, she dies, okay? Unless, like, things get really weird. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's just a very tame, civil ending. 
Nothing yeah, bad that happens. would be that would be really weird if they just added that to the TV show for no reason. <laughs> okay. Um, la- no, two weeks ago, uh-huh. um, Beck was still in the cage, and Joe threw a copy of the Da Vinci Code at her and was like, read, bitch. And <laughs> I think that's where it ended. Uh, otherwise, this chapter would start off really weird. <laughs> so, um, they're, so chapter 49 starts, and they're reading... Dan Brown together, you know, like couples do. They just read books together. Super cute, super normal. Super um, cute. except for uh, it changes the dynamic a little bit when one of your partners is in a cage and you put them there, and they didn't consent to it. Mm. Uh, so yikes. There's a lot of references to the Da Vinci Code here that really go right over my head. Yeah, me too. Um, Because I saw the Da Vinci Code, but uh, (laughs) probably like 12 years ago, (laughs) at least. Um, And I I find it very interesting that Beck compares Dan Brown's book here to Stephen King. Interesting. (sighs) Very interesting. Um... But she's like, oh, but they're very different because The Shining's like fucking literature, which is, I was not expecting this. Um, Chris and I rewatched The Shining last night um, to prepare for seeing Doctor Sleep. Yeah. And so I was like very shocked to see that there. Um, Also, Artemis' life. (laughs) Yes. Also, yes. Um, There's... Lots of stuff happening there. Um, they're just like hanging out I hate like this. old times, except you know, your girl's in a cage. Just yep, and, and nothing about it is wrong or bad. They're just chatting, they're reading, they're hanging out, they're getting coffee. It's great, but you know, all their conversations are going through a little fucking doggy door inside of a cage in the basement <laughs> of a bookstore. <laughs> Yep, no windows, just recycled air. Not a cell phone in sight, just vibing. People living in the moment, baby. Are you kidding me? Yes. Yep, this is all you want. This no, we is don't the, have a Wi-Fi password. You're here to just talk to each other, man. Like, it's 1994. Just be friendly. Just talk to oh. a person. Through a doggy door in the basement of a bookstore. Yep. Where no one can find you and you're trapped. <laughs> yep. Isn't this what you always want to say? You just, you want to connect. You want to live in the moment. <laughs> you want to pee in a Home Depot bucket. <laughs> like, this is what, this is what you're living for. That's the dream, baby. You can't. You want, you want your kidnapper to pour a Starbucks cup into a small bowl for you to drink out of. <laughs> that's the funniest part of that whole interaction there's a moment where he gets he's like i'm so stoked i'm gonna get my girl this like caramel coffee because she deserves it and she's the fucking one and that's my babe and so he goes to starbucks (laughs) and gets it and he comes back and she's like so the cup is too tall to get (laughs) through the door and he's like don't you fucking worry and just 
takes out a mug and pours it in. It's like, why didn't you just get a smaller cup? Why did you get the tallest cup that was available at the Starbucks? And I know that he says, like, a low, wide mug. Right. But I know what he really means is, like, a dog bowl. <laughs> like, absolutely, Joe, For just sure. be honest. Just slurp it out of there. Come on. Right. Like, let's just be real. Um, and I know that what Beck is doing right now, similar to what she did in the show, right, is just, like, placating him, like, doing her best to just survive in the moment. Yeah. So she can, like find her way to just get the fuck out of there. Um, but it's, this is like through Joe's perspective, right? So it just is him being like, I'm so glad that you have like accepted your role in the fucking cage and shit. And it just reads so gross. Isn't um, this fun and good? Are we having fun? <laughs> isn't this just great? <laughs> um, and there's no mention through all of this. Like it's, it's, fucking assumed but who's to know because it's joe where he lives on and sleeps on typewriters like it's there's no way to know that he's like emptied her home depot bucket or anything like we don't know that uh, who's to say um and so there's one part too where beck is like so just checking that last benji tweet when you said in Nantucket, I remember reading that tweet and thinking, he must be seriously fucked up because he knows that it's on Nantucket, not in Nantucket. Obviously. Obviously. Come on. And there's a lot of things, like, Joe's so in the moment, um, and he's, like, again, vibing. He plays We Are the World. (laughs) (laughs) Vibe check. (laughs) And he's just... Living his goddamn truth. Yeah. Oh, God. Um, and Beck is going through the the moments here, um, reminding Joe about... God, I can't even remember his name right now. Nikki. Um, and how it was like a, a fling, which is exactly what Joe wanted to hear at this moment. Beck finally goes to sleep. He goes upstairs and stretches. Um, Ethan texts him about the cover story that he, as Beck, texted Blythe the, like, New Yorker thing, Mm -hmm. which is great. And then he has this great idea about great expectations. Um, And, like, finally telling her about the like Bridgeport Dickens Festival thing yeah so he takes that down she like leafs through it stuff like that um and they're like still reading through the Da Vinci Code I guess oh a Beck cries at the end of the Da Vinci Code which I don't remember that being particularly emotional right an emotionally moving book <laughs> Um, and then we get to Joe saying the grossest thing about books, which is, um, when he is like, this is like the end of the corrections. And he says, and the problem with books is that they end, they seduce you, they spread their legs to you and pull you inside. 
and you go deep and leave your possessions and your ties to the world at the door and you like it inside and you don't want for your possessions or your ties and then the book evaporates. And 561 people highlighted that part. Yeah. Mm. Yep. Do you think people that were highlighting that too were like, oh, it's like this book. This book is doing this to me. This is the part where this book opened their le- its legs to me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. And they were talking about like fucking that tree book. What is it? The um, it's like that children's book the with the tree that tree? always. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one. That's the one that really does it for me. For sure. Yeah. No, absolutely. Or like fucking Harold and the Purple Crayon. That's the one that always makes me emo. Or it's some like, I don't know, bullshit. Like, yeah, Holden Caulfield story. That's the one that really does it for me. Hell yeah. That would be the one for Joe because that fucking Holden Caulfield hat. Yeah. Or like The Road. Yeah. Oh, he for sure loves The Road. For Ugh. sure. Did you have to read The Road in high school? I never read it. You never read it? No. Uh, I had to read it in AP Lit in high school. Wow, and I distinctly... Okay. Mm, yeah. <laughs> um, um, and I remember everyone in my... Wow. Um, sorry, that was the ghost in my apartment. Um... <laughs> The ghost of my apartment fucking hates the road. Um, <laughs> fucking hate Cormac McCarthy. Eat shit. Uh, <laughs> um, I remember a lot of people hating it. I didn't mind it. Uh-huh. I feel like if I went back now, I'd be like, ah, oh, fuck that book. Sure. Um, but I feel like the teacher I had liked it, and so by proxy, I was like, oh, yeah, of course, it's great. Yeah. Uh, okay, where was I? Oh, at this point... Beck makes the mistake of asking how long they've been there, and it's been almost four days. So she's like, hey, we should celebrate, and she wants ice cream. And so that is where this chapter ends, is Joe being Twitter-pated because she's survived this long? I don't know why. Um, And so he goes to get her ice cream. And this is when the grossest chapter happens. Yo, which is saying something. Like, what? I, how do we keep finding media where people have sex with each other, where ice cream plays a primary factor? I honestly don't know. It's so fucked up. It makes me, it makes me think that Stephanie Meyer had a vanilla ice cream sex scene that she just has <laughs> in her scrap. brain or she cut out because her editor was like, actually, we can't, yeah. we can't have this. <laughs> Legally, we can't put this <laughs> in a young adult novel. Yeah. I, I, what the fuck? So here's the thing. This is the most inappropriate thing I've ever read. <laughs> And we read the Fifty Shades series. Yeah. How is this worse? This is worse. This is not marketed as a sex book. Nope. And yet, this is the most vile chapter it's, of literature it's, I've ever <laughs> laid my eyes upon. It's, it's so raunchy. 
so and bossy. yet so like I mean pardon it, it's so vanilla at the same time like it's what? it's so bland well, at the right. same like it's not raunchy or gross because of like any of the sexual nature of it like it's very boring but like the fact that it's packaged within this very just like weird Stockholm syndrome imprisonment thing and also ice cream is involved there's like so many fucking layers in here and it's Joe's package and it's Joe yeah it's just like all bad it's a bad combination of bad things yeah um and I hate it it's awful I hate it (laughs) Uh, no I didn't eat it I just hate it great yeah I'm glad yeah because that's that's the ticket to a yeast infection if I've ever seen one. And yeah, I'm not taking any Azo products from this. I'll tell you that right the fuck now. Let me tell you something. Uh, yeah, um, and that's where I tell you that this podcast is sponsored by. And uh, <laughs> can you fucking imagine? That would pos- be, like, our first big brand kit. <laughs> just like, I would gladly hey. be sponsored by Azo. Are you the not just money? <laughs> oh, I would gladly. Um, okay, anyways. Um, this chapter is awful. Yeah. So, he goes to the fucking deli, gets some... What kind of brand of ice cream do you think he get? Because he's not the Ben and Jerry's kind of boy. That's too expensive. Oh, he's a Briar's boy, you know? Oh, yeah. You know they call it, you you grew up in California, so you know they call it dryers here, right? Whoa, what? Why? Oh, yeah. Same company. Same company, but oh, it's so, called dryers oh, here. Oh, but the, so they did a little, their their whole brand over there is called dryers. Yeah, yeah, That's so fucked up. What? I know. Why? It's like a Carl's and Hardy Boys or whatever. Okay, that's one thing. But just keeping the same name uh-huh. and then calling <laughs> just a letter different? Yeah. For what purpose? It's like a fucking Mandela effect or whatever the fuck. Absolutely. Oh my god. I would be so freaked out like my whole life. I thought it was dryers. <laughs> it's bright. Yeah. What? Yeah. At least name it just at least do a different name if you're gonna do a different name. I know. I know. Are you kidding me? Come on. I know. Fuck out of here with that shit. I know. They'd be like, oh yeah, no, here we call it Magandas. Like what? (laughs) Right, exactly. (laughs) It's Jen and Berries. Okay. (laughs) We haven't heard of Magandas in 20 years. Like, oh, I thought that shit was over. It's (laughs) What? What is the purpose? What fucking are they scheming for? Yeah, it's just tax evasion. (laughs) (laughs) It's just a dairy scam. It's just big dairy. Oh my god. We just like unearthed. Wow. Oh my god. Big dairy is back at it. God, fuck. Oh my god. It always goes back to big dairy. (laughs) New documentary coming out to Netflix (laughs) next year. You heard it. Big dairy. Oh god, what have they been feeding kids in those gogurt tubes? Holy shit. Oh my god. 
Holy uh, shit. This is when we go full conspiracy thing. <laughs> it all makes sense now. Oh my god. Oh my god. Wow. Anyway, so he gets Briars, whatever your name is. Okay, and when he gets back from the deli, Beck is just like butt ass naked. And she's probably trying to like clean herself with his like thread ass. I don't know. Na- probably just like napkins. I'm just imagining like he gave her like napkins and like a spray bottle and she's he's she's trying to take like I don't know, a shower and he's like, "Oh, sexy time." Anyways, they try to do the sex now. Yeah. And it, this is like the whole chapter and I'm not going to read this. Yeah. Out loud. Because it might be taken out of... Well, this whole podcast could be taken yeah. out of context at this point. But uh, <laughs> the main parts of note, I guess, are that the, the drawer that was used for right. the coffee... That's, that's really the, the main the instigator drawer, of the whole thing here. Yeah, the drawer, like... There's a lot of drawer becomes a window... And, like, body parts become the Da Vinci Code, yeah. and... and it's all metaphorical, you know? Dan Real Brown probably didn't shape. consent to this. Yeah, right. Just to get fucking fucked. <laughs> yeah. I don't... Do you think that this author had to, like, tell Dan Brown, like, hey, I'm gonna make a sex scene based on your book. Is that, like, allowed? <laughs> Can I... Can I deflower your book, your great book? Oh my god! Is <laughs> that cool? Can I have Man. sex with your book? Sort of <laughs> question mark. <laughs> hey, you better like, fuck your book. It's in the, it's in a book, so it's like it's not me. Can my book fuck your book? Sort of <laughs> question mark. <laughs> what if our book did a gentle kiss? Is that okay? <laughs> <laughs> what if my book did something to your book? Question mark. <laughs> Maybe, but unless <laughs> E.L. I was, oh my god, I said E.L. James. Um, whoever wrote this fucking book, I don't even want to remember. Isn't it like Caroline Kepner's or oh, whatever? Yes. Okay, so Caroline Kepner just has like a yes no maybe card. Oh my god, <laughs> such a damn brown. It's like, can I fuck your book? <laughs> yes no maybe. Let me know. <laughs> your people can talk to my people. Just let let let, let me know. Yep. There's a part at the end of this where apparently Beck's, Beck, uh, orgasms, but it's not just an orgasm. No. It's your, it's Beck explodes and ex- her orgasm is an exorcism and it's an exclamation point and she's speaking in tongues. <laughs> it's, it's like, like a fucking okay. snake charmer. <laughs> a riddle smith. <laughs> Um, you know, as you do when you're locked in a cage and you're having sex after not having a shower in three days and you're going to the bathroom in a Home Depot bucket. As you do. As you do. And at this point, apparently, like, the cage door is open, um, and if Beck wanted to, she could as he says, risk it all to run naked into the shop and scream for help. 
Um, but instead, apparently, Beck licks her lips and looks up at Joe and purrs. <sighs> Joe. Wow. And that's where the chapter ends. And that's where we're stopping for this week. I'm so tired. Same. This sucks. I know. But good news is next week we only have 20 pages left to read. And then we're done. Okay. Promise? For real, though, this time. (laughs) Because you keep saying. (laughs) I know. But I mean it this time. (laughs) Honestly, same, but okay. For I'm real, trusting though, this you. time. Well, don't do that. But <laughs> the facts say <laughs> the facts say that. So yeah. great. Okay, we do have some patrons to thank. Hell yeah! Hell yeah! And this week we have a BuzzFeed article, um, which is. 36 Twilight jokes that will always be funny, curated by Casey Rackham. Rackham? Probably Rackham. <laughs> sure. Shout out Rachel Gray. Ooh. <laughs> it's gonna be number one. Can't remember what I did a week ago, but I can remember that Bella ordered a mushroom ravioli on her first dinner day with Edward in Twilight 2008. <laughs> Mood. Big mood. Hell yeah. Um, shout out to Janae Jasper. Ow. Who's going to be number five, uh, Who's which is me as fuck. If I die, spread my ashes where they film the Twilight baseball scene. <laughs> <laughs> um, shout out to Kelly Beck. Woo! Who's going to be number six. Me when I watch Twilight, and it's the Spongebob meme, but as Haley Williams in the Decode video. Oh my god. <laughs> it's so haunting. Alright, shout out to Sophia Salinger. Yeah! Who's gonna be number 13. I'm sorry, but people who shit on Twilight's literary merit when New Moon had those four blank pages that just read October, November, December, January, after Edward left Bella, like, whew, Pulitzer Prize. (laughs) And that was written on Valentine's Day of this year. Fuck. Shout out to Aaron Salinger. Woo, woo, woo. Who's gonna be number 21 i am bisexual that means i'm attracted to jasper from twilight and every woman i've ever met honestly yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh um, yeah uh all right shout out to taylor brown town Uh, who's going to be number 17. I want to be so high that I start acting like Kristen Stewart in Twilight. Nice. Nice. <laughs> Shout out to Katie Weber. Woo, 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 woo. This going to be number 25. <laughs> it's okay. Bro, <laughs> fuck. I got this. 
Bro, can we please fuck at the Twilight soundtrack? Please, bro, fuck just once. Come on, bro, please. <laughs> Honestly. Come what on, man, mood. fuck. Can we just fuck at the Twilight soundtrack once? What a mood. What a big schmood. Okay, so. Today's fanfiction is, <laughs> is not only brought to you by, but written by Kelly Beck. God damn what a legend i this brings me such joy so this was actually sent to us a couple weeks ago but timing is weird listen so this was sent to us with a note that said i wrote this twilight you crossover fan fiction while watching game three of the world series which I love a multitasking queen. Right, yeah. It's inspired by your podcast, Enjoy, Kelly Beck. Yes. So, it's a little bit longer than normal, but... Strap in. I'm So, buckle up, strap in, but I'm going to read it for you here today. Oh, I'm so excited. Okay. <laughs> Edward Cullen walked briskly down the cold, dark streets of New York City. It had been several decades since his last visit to the city, and he enjoyed the hum of other people's thoughts as he made his way to Renesmee's apartment that evening. She had wanted to be left alone after her abrupt departure from Forks. Initially, they'd planned to respect her wishes, but after Alice's vision, Edward couldn't wait idly. Alice's timeline wasn't clear, and not knowing whether he had days or weeks, Edward decided to act earlier rather than later. He hadn't told Bella his plan, but she wasn't really in a position to ask. Ever since the fall of the Volturi, Bella often traveled with Carlisle to shield for the Cullen clan against the most dangerous vampires in the world. She enjoyed being the protection detail rather than needing one. Carlisle, Rosalie, Emmett, and Jasper were currently traveling in northern Syria, along with several other vampire clans, bringing warring bands of Kurdish and Turkish vampires to heal before humans could recognize their influence on the current conflicts garnering international attention. Damn, Kelly. Normally, Alice, Esme, and Edward would be with them, but after Jacob and Renesmee's fight, they decided some of them should stay in Forks in case Renesmee came home. By the time Alice had her vision, there wasn't time to come to a consensus. Edward knew his daughter's frustrations were valid, but he didn't appreciate the danger she placed herself in by running off to New York. She'd done it to keep Jacob from following her. Large rules, <laughs> roaming in such a big city, could hardly go unnoticed. He'd wished that she would have at least talked to himself or Bella first. About a block from Renesmee's apartment, Edward slowed his pace. He started... He had started to filter the thoughts he was hearing to focus on his target. He thought he'd narrowed down the suspect when Renesmee and a man rounded the corner right in front of him. Daddy, Renesmee called out. Did he just call that kid daddy? Edward heard Renesmee's companion think internally. It was awkward asserting paternal authority when your grown daughter looked a few years older than yourself, but situations like this popped up before. That's right, it's Cousin Eddie, Edward replied with phony charisma. Uncle Charlie sent me to check in on you when I, he heard I was about to start an internship in the city. Great, Renesmee replied, clearly irritated. So, who's your friend, Edward said, keeping up the tone of a bright and bubbly younger cousin. My name's Joe, the man replied. Joe Goldberg. I'm Renesmee's new neighbor. 
Edward recognized him from Alice's vision. He extended his gloved hand towards Joe. Pleased to meet you, Joe, Edward said audibly. I'm looking forward to killing you, Edward thought himself, thought to himself, smiling, and seen. Damn. I'm freaking out. It's Kelly. so good. It's the Kelly Beck. Both worlds. The ultimate crossover. Fuck. Kelly Beck, Cinematic the true universe. author. The, oh my god. An auteur. Yes. Wow. <laughs> oh my god. I'm freaking out. Hell yeah. Oh, oh my god. Okay, well, as we say in Seattle, get bit and get whipped. Ooh. This is an Earbud Media production. You can find us on Twitter at Earbud Media and listen to the rest of our shows. You can find this show on Twitter at Into the Twilight, as well as IntoTheTwilight.show. You can send us an email at IntoTheTwilightShow at gmail.com. You can also become a sponsor of the show or buy some merch at IntoTheTwilight.BigCartel.com. Our art is done by Maddie Padilla, who you can find at YourGhostToast44 on Instagram. And our music is done by Eli Krauss, you can find at EliSourKraus and KrausFilms.com. The intro and outro is by KB Smith, you can find at kb underscore underscore smith on twitter you can find ally on twitter at into wild places and you can find me at dyke discourse you've been listening to earbud media production earbud media audio for everyone